0: numbers. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday morning as I joined you from a snowy Colorado for some reason in the middle of April. We just decided to get a couple of days of snow randomly after having five straight days of 70 degree weather. It was wonderful. Sat outside, walked around, enjoyed the air, enjoyed the sunshine for several days and now we're stuck back inside, feeling like this quarantine is very real, and that's too bad. But it is what it is, getting through the week as quickly as we can, as, as easily as possible. I've been enjoying spending time with my family, of course. Um, but enough of that. We've got some interesting Nuggets stuff going on. Archuras Karnasovas, as we talked about in the Denver Stiff show on Friday. If you missed that episode, make sure to check it out. Uh, Arturis Karnasovas is with the Chicago Bulls now. It looks like he's going to be pulling a couple of Nuggets people into his program as well. Uh, Pat Connolly, Tim Connolly's brother, he served as an assistant GM previously, and David Polk with the Nuggets. Uh, Both of those guys are expected to follow Arturis over to the Chicago side of things. But it sounds like not a lot of other people will be following him, which is great for Denver. One of the biggest fears with losing an executive like Arturis Karnasovas was that he could pull a lot of people with him, take a lot of the people that he's familiar with, and bring them into the fold because he's the most comfortable with them as possible. Uh, doesn't look like that's going to happen, at least not to the extent that it would seriously impact the Nuggets infrastructure. Uh Calvin Booth looks like he's going to stay with Denver. I would expect that he interviews for the general manager vacancy. Uh, We'll see if he gets that job. I expect him to. Uh, None of the coaching staff, none of the major front office pieces. Tommy Balchettis, the analytics director of the uh, basketball analytics for the Nuggets, he is a Lithuanian guy who more or less idolized Arturis Karnasovas during his time with the Lithuanian national team and after that. So uh, all of those guys, great at their jobs, glad they're sticking with Denver. Uh, The Nuggets are in a good position on that front. Today's episode of Nuggets Numbers is going to be another player breakdown. Today we're going with Will Barton, uh, starting at small forward for the Nuggets this past year. played a lot, uh, only missed a few games due to injury. A couple at the beginning of the season, a few during the middle of the year, uh, right before the All-Star break. Was one of the most consistent pieces on the Nuggets this entire year. Very impressed with the bounce back that he had after last year's playoffs. That was a big deal. Uh, He had a, a really, really tough stretch. And it took a lot of work, it took a lot of effort, it took a lot of trust from Michael Malone to get him back to the place where he needed to be, but ultimately got back to averaging 15 points per game, six rebounds, nearly four assists, shooting 37.5% from three. It's a great number, a great place to be at for him. So glad to see him bounce back. We're going to get into his breakdown right now. Okay, so I found 24 qualified starting small forwards. Among them is Will Barton. Those guys I'm going to be comparing to Will Barton just to see where he's at in relation to the rest of the league. This format is going to follow similar formats for the previous profiles, doing raw numbers, advanced metrics, what I see him being with the Nuggets in the playoff setting, uh, and then what I see from the Nuggets going forward with him. I think all of those factors are really important when discussing a player like Barton, when discussing any player really. But Barton especially because... He had a really nice season, a very solid all-around year, but I happen to think that there are going to be some problems that Denver would run into in the playoff setting in future years if they continue using Will Barton as the starting small forward. That doesn't mean he can't change positions. That doesn't mean that he can't stay with the Nuggets, but there's a couple of things that we have to talk about. But let's go through the raw numbers really quickly. Biggest strengths and weaknesses. He averaged 33 minutes per game out of 24 starting small forwards that ranked 11th points per game, 15-point run, ranks 14th, assists per game at 3.7, ranks 10th, rebounds at 6.3, ranks 9th. So right off the bat, you see that he's right in the thick of it, not necessarily at that elite level, but he is very respectable in the majority of his numbers. It's a good place for him to be, and those nine, those six point three rebounds ranks ninth. That's huge. Will Barton is an undersized small forward, but he's always been a strong rebounder for his position. And this year, he really took it to another level. His rebounding percentages increased this year. He was up to ten point six percent rebounding, uh, or rebounding rate, for his uh, for his season. And as a starting small forward, where he plays the majority of his time there. It's a really big deal. According to the play-by-play chart on Basketball Reference, he played about 71% of his minutes at small forward. That's a big deal. Uh, That doesn't account for... uh, Actually, no, that that pretty much accounts for everything because Torrey Craig would be qualified as a starting small forward or small forward when they're playing next to each other, and they have that accounted for. 28% of his time came at shooting guard. Only 1% of his minutes came at power forward. Uh, very standard, very uh, unsurprising all around. Um, other numbers to speak of, steals, he ranks 7th uh, with 1.1 steals per game. That's a good number. Blocks per game, 0.5 ranked 10th. That's really good. So all of these numbers, very solid. When we get to the shooting percentages, it drops off a little bit for sure. Out of 24 guys, his 49.8 two-point percentage uh, that ranks 18th, so below average there to be clear. Three-point percentage is back up to 13th at 37.5%. That's really good, very solid. That's That ranks 13th. That's average for a, a small forward in today's NBA. Very good. Uh, free throw percentage, 76.7%, 16th. That's a little bit down for his career. He's 78.6%. He's actually trended down over the past few years uh, he was at 80.6% in 2015-16. That was the first year of Nikola Jokic's Nuggets tenure. Then down to 75.3, up to 80.5, down to 77, and down to 76.7. So he's right around that 75 to 80% mark, and that's that's where average free throw shooters really sit. True shooting percentage kind of combines all of these together. And it paints a little bit more of a a negative picture. He's down to 21st in his true shooting percentage at 54.9%. 55% is generally average for true shooting. But what we find with a lot of these small forwards is that, first of all, a lot of them are really good. Guys like LeBron, Kawhi, uh, Paul George, Luka Doncic, uh, Brandon Ingram, some of these stars that you really talk about when discussing the best small forwards in the NBA. Um, those guys are obviously going to play really well. They they figured out how to score very efficiently and that's what makes them stars. Uh, some of the solid starters ahead of him are also guys like DeMar DeRozan, Gordon Hayward, Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, there are other players too that that Even though we wouldn't consider them all-stars or stars or in any caliber like that, they've still managed to be a little bit more efficient, whether they're finishing at the rim a little bit better, shooting from three a little bit better. Uh, Those guys have figured out a way to put the ball in the basket a little bit more efficiently than Barton. Uh, 21st is pretty bad, though. That's out of 24, remember. So there's only three other guys that are below him those are some some of the worst guys like like Andrew Wiggins is in that category not a bad player by any stretch of the word but uh really hasn't figured it out as a winning basketball player and so what it says to me is that to be a small forward to be a quality small forward in today's NBA you really have to be efficient some of those role players that aren't necessarily like the stars guys like OG Ananobi for example or um Daniel House or Eric Gordon with the Rockets, who's turned into a small forward, or there are other guys who are more role player types that have kind of figured it out. They've they've figured out a way to stay efficient because they're having others create for them. Barton doesn't get that kind of an opportunity a lot of the time because he's creating offense for the rest of the group. Nikola Jokic is the main creator, Jamal Murray is the main dribble creator, but in the Nuggets offense they need another guy. They need somebody to really share that dribbling load, and Barton is usually the be- the guy that's best suited for that. Sometimes he's the best guy suited for that if Jamal Murray's being hounded by like uh, just another elite defensive point guard, like a Drew Holiday for example. You wouldn't want Jamal Murray having to fight through holiday every possession down the floor in order to create good offense. Have to have another guy, have to have another guy who can do all of those things that Jamal Murray can do <coughs> even if he doesn't do them at the the same level. And make no mistake about it, Will Barton is a very good player, but he didn't do all of those things at the level that Jamal Murray did this year. That's a fact. And I know that there are a lot of people who would say otherwise on that, but those expectations are different for those two guys. And just because Barton exceeded expectations and Jamal Murray did not, that doesn't mean Will Barton was the better guy. Jamal Murray certainly was. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, they're in a situation with Barton right here where his production is really good efficiency not quite good enough at the small forward position. A lot of that comes down to his shooting profile. He's a he's a guy who screams, his shooting profile screams slasher and creator for himself, sometimes facilitator for others. He gets to the rim, settles for the mid-range shots, and he's actually really good in the mid-range, to be clear. 91st percentile in the long mid-range. Those are the jumpers where he comes off of a screen or he comes off of a dribble handoff, and the big sags into the lane, and he has a wide-open jumper, so he takes it. He's been very good at that. He's shot 52% from that zone. That's a really good number. If you can get to that point, you should be shooting those shots. Uh, But there are some shots that some of them he shoots really well, some of them he doesn't shoot well enough. Uh, 41st percentile in accuracy at the rim. That's fine for his position, but it's not good. It's not going to blow anybody away. Shoots 59% of the rim. Usually you want a guy like that shooting 64, 65% if possible. He's in the 95th percentile in shooting corner threes, uh, at least his corner three accuracy. is very good there. Really, really good. Problem is that he's only in the 10th percentile in how many threes he's taking from there. He has to take a lot of tougher shots because he's asked to handle the ball. He's asked to do a lot of different things in Denver's offense. And when you're asked to do those other things, you don't get to have those other easier shots created for you. The easy backdoor cuts, the corner threes off of kickouts, uh, a lot of those don't necessarily come to Barton because he's the one initiating offense a lot of the time. When he's not, he usually does well, but what it says to me is that if Denver had Gary Harris be more of a creator and or if he was good enough this season in order to create shots for others, that would really help. Or if Paul Millsap was more of a creator himself, somebody who could go off the dribble a little bit more than he was. He was more of a post-up guy and spot up guy for most of the time. Uh, If he was in that position, then maybe Will Barton spots up in the corner a little bit more and shoots pretty well. Um, Unfortunately, that's just not what his role was, and that's not what he was asked to do. And because of that, you definitely see a drop-off in efficiency from him. All of this to say, I think that at shooting guard, his efficiency would look a little bit better. As I said, his true shooting percentage among small forwards would rank 21st. Among shooting guards, it would rank 14th. He's asked to do a little bit more at small forward than I think he would be at shooting guard in Denver's offense, and that's a big deal. That's a a deciding factor between, I think, what Denver could be offensively versus what they actually are, because Barton is good. He's the second best at what he does on the court among the Nuggets, and that's more behind Jamal Murray, but... If he was the third best player at those things, and let's say Michael Porter Jr. came into the fold and he really took on some of that creation and scoring load, maybe that makes makes things easier for a guy like Barton and he gets some easier looks, shoots pretty efficiently, takes some more corner threes and hits those shots. That would be big for Denver. That would be big for the entire team and especially for Nikola Jokic and the offense in general. Uh, having more spacing, having more threats, makes a lot of sense. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the advanced metrics and where I see Barton standing league-wide as a small forward and as a shooting guard, because I think those are two interesting conversations. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. All right, we're back. Nuggets numbers, Ryan Blackburn here. As you guys know, we have been running the Nuggets Greats Tournament on Denver Stiffs, on Twitter, on Instagram, trying to come up with a bracket for the best Nugget in franchise history. We came down to a Final Four that is still being voted upon as we speak. Nikola Jokic versus Alex English. Chauncey Billups versus Carmelo Anthony uh both of that's that's definitely not the the group of 4 that I would have picked at the beginning of this thing. I would have hoped that it would have been uh Nikola Jokic, Alex English, David Thompson and Mello. Uh but that's just me. Uh all of those guys are great. Uh if you have a strong opinion on Jokic versus English or Mello versus Chauncey, make sure to tune in, make sure to check that out and vote in the polls retweet it out if you're really interested and share your opinion comment on it because we've really enjoyed it had a lot of fun doing it and i think it's been really enlightening on what our what our what our audience is like because i think everybody is very geared towards uh the current players the young players the the 90s 2000s and 2010s uh Less geared and less familiar with the 1990s, 1980s, and 70s players, which is understandable. Um, it's just kind of how these things work a lot of the time. But Alex English kind of got a raw deal with where he was placed. Uh, David Thompson, especially, got a raw deal just because he was he was great. He shouldn't have been in Nikola Jokic's bracket at all. That's just how the seating works. That's how the voting was voted upon. It wasn't me, I promise. That, that's not what I would have done. But either way, if you have a strong opinion on it, go vote. It would be much appreciated. Okay, back to Will Barton here. Let's look at his advanced metrics really quick and then talk about the league-wide standing. RPM... Grades him very favorably. He's ninth among starting small forwards at plus 0.35. That's a good number. RPM is very, very frugal in the numbers that they give out to non-stars. So pretty impressive to see him in the positive there. And to be top 10 among starting small forwards is a big deal. Same among box plus minus too. Plus 1.2. That's ninth among starting small forwards in box plus minus. Again, this is really big, and a lot of it is because of his production. It's because of his his versatility out there. Again, rebounding, big deal. His steals, he's at 1.17th in the league or in among starting small forwards. That's a big deal. Blocks is the same way. He also had a really big impact on the on-off numbers just because when Denver's starting unit was out there, Barton was out there too, and he performed really well. They also really performed well even when Jamal Murray and Paul Millsap were out and guys like Barton, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. were carrying the team through January. They played really well. Barton was a big part of that, so he gets a bump in the on-off metrics. But beyond that, there is definitely a delineation between him and Stars, him and some of the other solid starters above him. Let's talk about it. I'm going to list off some guys that... I think the entire league would consider to be above Will Barton right now. LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, and Brandon Ingram. Those guys, very reasonable. I didn't include some of the guys who don't usually play small forward. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum come to mind. They are small forwards, really. I think they're they're small forward-sized. But they play on a team that also has another starting small forward, and that's Gordon Hayward, who is in the st- solid starter tier. That's also above Barton in, in this case. Demar Derozan is there too. He's a little bit wonky, but I I think I believe that Boyan Bogdanovich is very good as well. Twenty points per game, very efficient shooting. Uh, one of the main reasons why the Utah Jazz were able to stay afloat was because Bogdanovich is a very good scorer. Um, other couple of guys that I didn't include are Paul George and and Kevin Durant. Paul George didn't actually qualify. He's also kind of a, a shooting guard in this case, just because you can't have two small forwards on the, fo- on the floor at the same time, or at least, I mean, you can, but one of them's going to be designated something different. And Paul George, in this case, is designated a shooting guard. Kevin Durant obviously is injured, but if he's back in like 70, 75, 80% of himself next year, he's still better than Barton, which is, that's not a shot at Barton. Kevin Durant's really good. Um, But that number of players that I just listed, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I listed 11 guys that I think it's very clear uh, they're above Barton right now. Another group that is in Barton's tier, Barton himself, Tobias Harris, who I consider more of a power forward, but he played small forward this year in next to, in Philly's lineups, uh, Kelly Oubre, TJ Warren, Andrew Wiggins, and OG Ananobi. Four different reasons those guys are all there. Some of them are more replaceable than others. Og Ananobi is is a big role player type, but he also defends a lot of these guys, these guys really well. Uh, he shoots the ball very efficiently as well, so good on him. Uh, but that puts Barton in around the twelve to 15, fifteen range or so. That's a average to slightly above average starting small forward. That's a good place to be, and if you were Barton. Coming off of last season's really tough playoffs, really tough just regular season, trying to get back to the place where you were, he's in a good spot. He's in a very good place, I would say, uh, because people didn't really count on him. People really thought, hey, it really could be Torrey Craig starting here. It really could be Michael Porter Jr. immediately coming in to start. Some people still thought that Juancho Hernan Gomez would be the best possible option at starting small forward. So... I think it's going to be interesting to see how they go with this going forward, but right now, uh, no bones about it, Will Barton is at least an average starter at small forward, and that's a good place to be. Let's talk about playoff viability. The playoffs are a completely different game. They're a lot more matchup-based, based off of who's across from you, who you can take advantage of, what the weaknesses of the opposing team are. Barton is a really strong player from the perspective that he doesn't have a ton of weaknesses in his game. The one problem with him, though, is his size, is his height, is his weight. Barton is only 6'5". That's an issue. He's also listed 181 pounds, which is perhaps a larger issue, no pun intended. Uh, No player that I listed above Barton in the small forward rankings either weighs less than him or is shorter than him or on the on those same levels. everybody is at least 190 pounds. Uh, that's Brandon Ingram. most guys are above 200. Some are pushing above 230 240. LeBron James is 250. like it's really tough to see Barton being guarded or guarding LeBron James competently just because he just doesn't really have enough size to compete there. That's not a shot at him but he's just small for the position. It's, it's, it's an unavoidable fact and something that I think the Nuggets thought, okay, we can get through the regular season this way against 25, 26 teams. We're going to be fine. We're going to make it work. The problem is that the elite teams in the NBA, they all have a guy who can really, really hurt the Nuggets by having a large, small forward. These are guys like LeBron, of course, the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George, the Mavs have Luka Doncic, the Rockets have James Harden, who's a little bit thicker, Uh, not necessarily like small forward size, but the Nuggets will need a guy who can deal with him size-wise. I don't know if Gary Harris can do that for a full seven-game series. Maybe he can, but Denver may have to insert Torrey Craig. In which case, Torrey Craig would be the small forward in that situation, and Will Barton moves to shooting guard. So that's a, an entirely different situation. The Mavs, of course, Luka Doncic, the Pelicans have Brandon Ingram. They're eventually going to crash this playoff party. Uh, Zion Williamson is going to figure it out. They have Drew Holiday still. Lonzo Ball's going to figure it out a little bit. Brandon Ingram's a guy that gave the Nuggets a lot of trouble. And the only guy on the, on the Nuggets roster that I really think has a, a decent chance guarding him is Jeremy Grant. Uh, that's because they match up with each other physically very well. Um, and actually, no, maybe Michael Porter Jr. That, that could be another guy who could do reasonably well. But um, everything else is a little bit tough. The Nuggets don't have a lot of tall wings, and that really hurts them in a lot of these matchups. It hurts a lot of teams in these matchups, and there's a reason why the teams that I listed, the Lakers, the Clippers, even the Rockets a little bit, the Mavs, they have really good offenses, and they're some of the biggest championship contenders out there. If the Nuggets were lucky to get to the NBA Finals, they'd have to deal with Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, I don't know who's defending either of those guys in a seven-game series. I would guess that Giannis is going to, or Jeremy Grant's going to match up with Giannis as best as he can, but is Paul Millsap going to guard uh, Chris Middleton? I just don't really think so. So there are a lot of issues there. There's a lot of problems. I am, I'm just concerned. I'm, I'm in this situation where Gary Harris also has a lot of these issues at shooting guard, but the really Big issue is that they just don't have one guy who can guard the large players. Um, if one of those guys was larger, whether it was Gary Harris, whether it was Will Barton, if one of them was six seven, if one of them was two hundred and ten pounds, it would be different. Honestly. The problem is that neither of them are. And that's gonna change. That's gonna force the Nuggets into a lot of different situations and coverages, or else they're just gonna lose in the playoffs. And that's That's a really tough situation to be in. So let's take a quick break again. And when we come back, I'll get into where I see with the Nuggets going forward with Will Barton. I think they're going to be in a position where they may have to either make a move with him or with Gary Harris. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. All right, Nuggets numbers back, Ryan here. As I mentioned, it doesn't look like Will Barton would be a great option at small forward for the Nuggets in a playoff series. That doesn't mean he wouldn't be a good option at shooting guard, though. Here are the shooting guards of every listed opponent in the Western Conference this year. Be Paul George with the Clippers, Donovan Mitchell with the Jazz, James Harden with the Rockets, Shea Gilgis-Alexander with the Thunder, Tim Hardaway Jr. with the Mavs, Dylan Brooks with the Grizzlies, and Danny Green with the Lakers. That's a lot less scary than LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovic is kind of a fringe piece. Uh, Those three guys in particular, LeBron, Kawhi, and Luka, probably more dangerous in my opinion than the top three of Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, and James Harden. Denver can manage if Paul George goes off a little bit. They can't manage if Kawhi Leonard just dominates. Uh, LeBron James, they, the Nuggets will need to throw sides at him no matter what, but that's not going to come from Will Barton. So the honest truth of it, in my opinion, is that Barton probably profiles best as a sixth man for the Nuggets despite being a starter-quality player. I don't think he's a point guard defender. I don't think he's a a primary guard defender, which is the position that the Nuggets have relied upon with Gary Harris for a long time, covering for Jamal Murray. I don't think Murray's ever going to turn into an elite guard defender himself. And while he's not going to be Trey Young uh, out there and and completely helpless, helpless on defense, I just don't think the Nuggets can get by with Jamal Murray being a, a one of the elite defenders in the guard in the backcourt, one of the the primary defenders, the Nuggets will need somebody next to him who can defend. And could that be Barton? Maybe. I don't know. It's very possible. He's he's not perfect, but he he does have good instincts out there. Does have pretty good length at the two guard position, I think. So, if they're in that position and uh, Will Barton has to defend Donovan Mitchell for a lot of time with the with with a series against the Jazz, then I don't think the Nuggets would go into that being a little bit too concerned. They'd have other mismatches at other places that would probably benefit them. So I think there's a decent argument right now that Barton is the third best player on this Nuggets squad, uh, or at least certainly the third most important, because the Nuggets proved that even with Paul Millsap out of the lineup, they could still win. They could still make it work with Jeremy Grant. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. could step up in the place of Gary Harris while he was out. Uh, Jamal Murray is going to be the second most important player. Jokic is the first, obviously. But Barton could be the third best player. He probably should start. Next season especially, if the Nuggets could be without Paul Millsap, Uh Benching Barton, losing Millsap, and then figuring things out from there—that would be a tough blow for this Nuggets team. So, there's at least a decent argument there. However, the Michael Porter Jr. factor—I think that really changes a lot, as I've talked about in previous year, in previous weeks, previous podcasts. I think he needs to start. I think Michael Porter Jr. no matter what needs to be a starter. And he probably needs to start at small forward, just because I, I think like Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic also has to guy have a guy at power forward, who can guard and protect him a little bit. Uh, Jeremy Grant would be that guy. If Michael Porter Jr. was the guy at power forward, then I don't think Denver's in a in a great position. But Jamal Murray at point guard, Michael Porter Jr. at small forward, Nikola Jokic at center. That at least gives Denver the opportunity to surround those guys with versatile defenders, shooters, cutters, scorers, whatever you want to paint it as. Those guys are going to carry the offense, though. They're they're going to be the backbone on which the offense sits, in my opinion. Um, As long as Denver can bring back Jeremy Grant, I think he becomes that fourth starter in there. It's going to be Murray, Porter, Grant, Jokic. That leaves one final spot for either Will Barton or Gary Harris, and the Nuggets have a really tough decision there, I think, because Barton clearly had the better year. Uh, in some circles, he had a better defensive year too, though I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. The eye test certainly says that Gary Harris was the better guy, uh, but and that, that makes Harris the better fit as a guard defender and an off-ball option who could play next to Jamal Murray and not step on anybody's toes, not not handle the ball too much. Uh, if you put the ball in, in more efficient hands, then that, that usually helps out the offense and it could make playing a guy like Gary Harris a little bit easier if his jumper, if his scoring doesn't ever get back to where it was. Um, but Barton, of course, had the better year. He's the more versatile guy. He's the better offensive threat. He can score, he can pass, he can rebound. He also has a little bit more size and could possibly defend a little bit more versatile pieces. Maybe he's a guard defender and a wing defender. I think he's probably going to be the starter. My guess would be that Barton starts and Harris comes off the bench unless the Nuggets trade one of those guys, and it's very possible they could trade either or. Uh, Gary Harris probably has less value on the market right now just because of where he's at. Will Barton probably has more value on the market, but he's only up for one more year guaranteed because after that he has a player option. It's going to be interesting. That is a really fascinating decision, and it's not one that I really envy Tim Connolly in making, I don't even know if either of those guys are the ideal option there. And that's what makes me think, hey, maybe Barton is best as a sixth man. Maybe there's a world where Barton probably fits as Denver's version of Andre Iguodala. He does a little bit of everything, closes games with the starters, comes off the bench even so, but he's playing a lot of time. He has a lot of importance. Everybody realizes how important he is to the team. There's no shame in coming off the bench, especially if you're playing a ton. Uh, Barton especially has shown his value. He's shown his worth and he even showcased it as a starter. It just may not be where the Nuggets need him next year if Jamal Murray's averaging 18 to 20 a game and Michael Porter Jr. is pushing upwards of 16, 17 points per game and Nikola Jokic is doing his thing, and Jeremy Grant's a little bit more dynamic than Paul Millsap and guys like that, there's a lot of offense there. They can figure it out. I don't have any concern at all that Denver's offense is going to stagnate if they have Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, and Jamal Murray out there. Those guys are really good. What I do have concerns about is the defense. I don't know if Will Barton satisfies that and if he doesn't then maybe denver becomes a little bit too offensive minded and not enough defense if they go forward with that lineup so keep that in mind when discussing barton keep that in mind when discussing what he can be what the nuggets need can the nuggets win a championship with barton as the starter yes of course but he'll need to have to he'll have to become more consistent as a defender he made strides this past year, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of pressure on him if he starts in between Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Jamal Murray obviously has his weaknesses, and Michael Porter Jr. is a rookie, basically. I mean, he's going to be a second-year player, but he'll be out there in a lot of time. There's He's going to go from 600-plus minutes to over 2,000. That's going to change a lot. So the Nuggets are going to need to have more efficiency from Barton in a number of areas. The restricted area is one. He shot below average in the restricted area against small forwards. I wonder if that changes a little bit against shooting guards. If he's asked to do a little bit more, then maybe he has a little bit more lift uh, against shooting guards and can shoot a little bit better there. As high as this three-point percentage can go, the Nuggets are going to hope that that thing touches 40%, 42%, 44%. As high as it can go, I don't necessarily expect it to, but maybe if he's asked to do a little bit less, maybe if he's put into the corner a little bit more, a uh, little bit less difficulty on his shots, there's an opportunity for it. Also, the, th- the free throw line. Like as, as high as his free throw percentage can go, the Nuggets would have to hope that thing gets up over 80 again. If it doesn't, it's not a big deal, but they need him to be as malleable as possible overall. Sometimes he's going to be the ace defender. Sometimes he has to be the outside shooter. Sometimes he has to be the secondary creator and facilitator. The Nuggets are going to need the version of Barton that continues to be good at everything. If they don't get that player, then... It's going to be really tough. He may not be the starter that they need. Things are going to have to change. Maybe he gets traded. Uh, Either way, I'm a fan of Barton's. I think he deserves another opportunity as a starter. I think the Michael Porter Jr. factor in all of this makes things so tough because you see what the kid can be, and you have to give him an opportunity to be that, especially if he could be anywhere close to what I think he could. Uh, I've had a lot of thoughts on this, a lot of statistical discussions, a lot of discussions with people on podcasts or just talking with you guys. Michael Porter Jr. could be really good, and while Will Barton is really good right now, he can't be the guy to block that. Maybe those guys can play together. Maybe they can't. But either way, I hope everything works out for the best I just don't see everybody between Harris, Barton, and Porter being happy with the situation if they're all on the team and Michael Malone's trying to thread the needle. There needs to be a pecking order there, and I think that's going to change things for every one of those players. Uh, I suspect it's probably Gary Harris who gets the most impacted, but you never know. It could be Barton. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Once again, make sure to check out the bracket for the Nuggets greats that we are doing on Twitter, Instagram, and Denver Stiffs. Uh, Keep it tuned in here. We will have a special episode of the Denver Stiffs Show on Friday. Take a quick listen to that when you can. Should have a lot of fire takes. Have a lot of fun with it. It's going to be a great time. That's going to do it here. I'll talk to you guys next week.